on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. You know, I, I think if you're an entrepreneur, you, you've, you've made lots of mistakes. We had an opportunity to partner with another company um, and in, it was, you know, it all seemed so good. We didn't really vet that company, quite honestly, uh, and it came back to bite us later. We win a contract, everything is great, it's a year in. I'm, I'm getting ghosted by the owner of this other company, who is the prime contractor, we're a subcontractor. So I'm calling, I'm emailing, I'm texting, zero response. At that time, it was like half of our company uh, working yeah. on this contract. And yeah. so they took our positions and booted us off the contract and we had like zero recourse. And so I had to lay off five people right before the holidays. Wow. Um, and that was devastating. I mean, I, I remember, this is like 15 years ago and I remember it to this day. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I'm your host, back at you here today, King Stage. But I've got a, an incredible queen here on the King Stage. What a background this one has. Carla James, welcome. I cannot wait. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Chaz. It's great to be here. Yeah, you know, um, real quick here, before I let you tell us all of your awesome uh, history here, but uh, Carla, for the list for the listeners, Carla asked me a few minutes ago, so... Uh, I know this is called Gathering the Kings, but like, uh, <laughs> and so um, in true queen fashion, um, making it a, a point to be different, although, you know, king is mindset and queens have the the mindset that, uh, that kings do as well. But Carla, you have an incredible background and some immense success. Uh, I want the listeners to buckle in because there's no king or queen talk here. This is just straight boss. Um, you, you are incredible. So Carla, what kind of business do you have? <laughs> Thanks, Jess. So I am the CEO of Solvus Technical Solutions. Uh, we are an engineering services firm operating in the uh, government uh, contracting space. So GovCon, as we as we say in the biz. Yep. Uh, and I'll try not to use too many acronyms today because we love acronyms in, in the government. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, you got to keep things simple, right? And uh, that's what smart people do. Um, you know, I don't know what the listeners feel like, but when you said you know, uh, aerospace engineering, um, like it just sounds really smart. And for guys like me, I'm just honored to be here in the conversation here at the table. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Carla, tell us inside of all of those words that you just used, what is it that you guys do? So in a nutshell, what we're doing is providing government organizations with technical expertise and we are strictly in the engineering space. So, um, I, you know, my product is people. So I provide highly skilled engineers, whether it's a mechanical engineer or a software engineer, network engineer, on and on, um, to government agencies to help them meet their mission. Wow. Yeah. Um, you're, you're looking for the best of the best. Um, you have the best of the best. Yeah. Let's say it like that, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Well, we so there's a... Yeah, well, and, and, and not just even in um, talented individuals, but you've built large teams, um, very large businesses. And so let's, uh, let's jump into it here. Before we get into your business history, though, I want to know for Carla, individually, the queen, what's burning on the inside? Why are you doing this? What's, what's in it for you? Well, it, one of the reasons um, I just mentioned that, you know, we help organizations meet their mission. And our biggest client really is DOD, Department of Defense. And so at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're helping to secure national security. Right. Uh, so when you step back and you think about that, like, that's pretty impactful. Um, yeah. And I previously was uh, serving the Air Force. So I have that sort of, 
you know, sense of mission and, and purpose kind of instilled at me at a fairly young age. So I'm driven to mission-oriented organizations, such as the one that I'm working for now. And, you know, that's what really gets me out of bed every day is, you know, is having that mission, um, you know, securing national security. It doesn't get more real than that. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no fluffing um, the mission there. <laughs> it, it's like, you know, no. pr- protecting us, like literally. Yes. Okay. Yes. When when you say you're mission driven, um, you know from from a person listening here today, maybe they're a big business owner, maybe they're a CEO, maybe they're just getting started and and in, in their entrepreneur journey. What does that mean? And has it always meant the same thing to you to be mission driven? You know, I think it's something like I said that I kind of learned through the Air Force. Um, you know. Obviously, we're a for-profit company, so we have to worry about the bottom line as well. But, you know, helping these organizations to deliver, you know, whether it's a new weapon system or software or, you know, whatever that that um, solution is, the idea that, you know, we're part of that mission, that I can instill a purpose into, you know, my team that adds value to that organization is really, you know, what drives us. Um, and I, you know, and I do think it's something that I've always had within me uh, from a pretty early age is, you know, like mission and purpose kind of aligned for me. And yeah. um, I think it's just, it's, you know, it helps not only the organization as a whole, but, it, you know, I think individuals want a purpose, right? So it, yeah. it just makes us better as an organization. And then, you know, we're making our client better because we're actually delivering what they want. Yeah, obviously there there's a, a probably a large um, depth of that for you to the the Air Force. First off, thank you for your service. Um, you. Secondly, <clears throat> what do you think inside of that? Like, I mean, obviously there was um, there was ritual and there was a lot of just like probably just discipline that you learned through that process. But if, as far as like being mission or purpose, other than like going on a mission, right o- outside of that tactical piece, but like more internal. What did the Air Force give you, or or maybe was it before that that the Air Force pulled out of you? You know what I mean? Like that that was the internal mission piece. Yeah, I, I mean honestly, I can say the uh, I think the Air Force sort of saved me. Um, wow. It gave me discipline and direction that I you know was severely lacking. Um, you you make uh, friends there, you know, peers that uh, become lifelong you know friends. Um, but really the, the discipline and the direction were things that I really needed and craved, uh, and I got it there. Um, you know, and then, you know, sort of that sense of purpose as well. There's, you know, um, service before self is one of the sayings. And those are all things that just have stuck with me. You know, I, I served eight years. Um, so it wasn't, you know, a whole career, but it was long enough to be very impactful, uh, obviously to my forward journey where I am today. Yeah, you you spoke to just that you had a craving for it. I think that all humans do, right? Um, and and that was how you were able to kind of you know scratch that itch, if you will. But but it ended for you, even oh, even though eight years isn't a quick period. That specific piece ended for you. How did you carry what you learned in that as far as being mission oriented through? Like, because a lot of times when things end like that, it's like, what do I do now? And I and I, it's hard to carry it forward, especially for you into business being so successful. Well, I, you know, I, I think it's just part of my intrinsic core now. It's kind of who I am. Um, you know, there, there's always the next mission. Um, you know, yeah. it might not be serving in the Air Force, but there's always a mission behind 
you know, everything you do. Yes, it's not like we're going to go out and, um, you know, patrol kind of mission, but <laughs> there's, there is something you can do, whether it's, you know, in a volunteer organization or, you know, a, a company like mine where, you know, we are for profit. Um, you know, I think it's just finding that purpose wherever you go to the next stage. And, and I just always have been fortunate enough to find purpose and meaning in, in most of the, the organizations I've been part of. And, and if I haven't, I honestly just moved on. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you said it best at the beginning there. You said, it's just in me now. Um, and so they, they ingrained it into you or you, you allowed it to be ingrained. You, you accepted it into your subconscious so deep that it just has, is how you operate. Um, let's, let's, let's fast forward here a little bit. Um, so you, you come out of the, the air force, tell us, how does that connect with what you do today? What, what's the gap here? What'd you do? Uh, well, initially I was, uh, working for the government. I was a government employee for a few years. Um, and then I, that I was in the DC metro area. So there's tons of organizations there, obviously supporting government agencies. Um, after a few years of working for the government, I sort of had like this epiphany as like, you know, kind of what am I doing in my life sort of mentality? Yeah. Sure. I don't really see myself sitting in this cube for a little bit of loss of mission. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. hundred percent. And so I went out searching for, you know, my next mission and I found that. And then that leapfrogged me to start a business with somebody else uh, back in around 2007 ish. And, you know, all those things uh, kind of led me where I am today. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you did some leapfrogging there, even in your story, which was, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, you started a business, um, yeah. you, you've since had a whole track record. Your husband was actually on the show here as well. He's, you know, a successful, um, entrepreneur as well. And, and so this house, this, this James house is just a winning couple and winning family. Tell me about the process of you building that business with that person. Obviously, you're you know in the next thing now, but all the while, give me give me like what that was maybe like at the beginning. But I also want like just keep in mind like you having another high performer in the house and maybe what that was like at the same time being being new in business. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Well, the uh, the business that I started back in 2007. Unfortunately, uh, my husband was not in my life quite yet, but um, the. Uh, you know, a coworker and I um, started that company basically because we were working for a small business that was wonderful. It was like touring people. You know, the owner knew our names. He would like sometimes get down in the weeds and you know work on spreadsheets with us. And you know, at some point, he decided it was time to sell, and he did to a very large company. So we went from 200 to 12,000 overnight. Yeah. Um, as you imagine, the culture changed significantly. So. Yeah. It was about a year or so after that, um, after that acquisition, and so a coworker came to me and said, you know, hey, I have this idea about starting a company, and I was kind of like, good for you. And she said, well, you know, you made, do you want to be my business partner? Uh, and I was like, yeah, like what do I have to lose? You know, like worst case scenario, I go back to work for the man, you know. And so we, uh, the two of us, um, started in 2008 officially. And, uh, when I left in 2016, we were approaching a hundred people. Wow. So it was, yeah. Uh, Tell us about the moment of her, of her <laughs> saying, Hey, I want to start this company. And you're like, yeah, you go. But it was like an invitation. Like, uh, were you dumbfounded? Right. Was that like, wait, wait a second. I mean, you kind of just were like, what, what, what do I have to lose? But I mean, that's a big switch. You weren't thinking, how do I get in on that? You know? 
No, no. You know, when it was like funny, like we were like, I think we went to happy hour and like we literally were at the bar, like with a napkin, you know? Um, so yeah, I, love I you know, it was, just, it was sort of like right time, right place sort of situation because, you know, at, as I said, that acquisition had been about a year and, you know, the new company was okay, but I wasn't really thrilled with it. You know, I went from being Carla to like P252. Um, <laughs> and the contract I was <laughs> The, uh, the contract I was on wasn't really super rewarding. I, I was working the Pentagon, which seems very cool, but after a year, you know, it, it, it was a yeah, little dull. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I, it was just a matter, I think, of, you know, like, yeah, we can do this. Like, let's give it a try. Uh, and, and as I said, you know, if, if I had to go back to work, I could find a job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What, what do you think in that moment? Because that, gosh, that what's the worst case scenario, you know, let's just jump, see what happens. We've all been through that. Everybody listening here today has been through some form of that. And it's actually what unites almost every right. single entrepreneur is just that at some point you said, oh, you know, like, and you, and you jump and you see what happens. Um, for you, what do you think gave you the logic? Cause I mean, you're just saying it so logically, you're just like, well, you know, worst case scenario, I go back to work and blah, 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 no big deal. And where maybe others would have like overanalyzed and like, you know, run spreadsheets. Cause again, that's probably what you're pretty good at. And so you could have like, you know, really torn into the numbers and projected out the next 50 years. And is this going to work? And what's all the risk analysis, but it didn't sound like you did that. Tell us. No, I did not. You know, and I think, I mean, I'm not risk averse by nature. So I think that's part of it. You know, I, um, I don't want to say I'm fearless because as I get older, I have, I do have fears, but you know, I think it, <laughs> Like I've been pretty fearless in life and, and not afraid of change, um, yeah. kind of getting outside of my comfort zone. You know, when I, um, I think I may have skipped over this, but you know, when I was working for the government and I decided to leave the government, everyone was like, you're crazy. The government's so stable. Why would, and it takes, and it takes a while to get into the government. So, yeah. you know, everyone's like, Oh, I can't believe you're leaving the government. Well, that ended up being one of the best decisions of my life. Um, because the company that I went to go work for that small company I told you about, was amazing. I met, you know, great people. It was super rewarding work. And, you know, oh, by the way, when that owner sold the company, he gave all of his employees a little windfall. Um, wow. So, and then I met my, you know, my soon to be business partner. So, you know, when you think back, like, yeah, some things seem scary or risky, but it's paid off for me. So maybe it wasn't as scary. Um, and like I said, I, I kind of think of myself as a risk averse person by nature. Yeah. And so for the person listening right now who maybe isn't right. And they're a little bit more of the calculated, I don't know. What would you say to them that, that they could lean into to, to be, cause you, you kind of do it naturally, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs do, but for the ones that are a little bit more, not, uh, what, what would you suggest for them? Um, be courageous. You know, I, you know, there, you have to try new things. And like I just said, getting out of your comfort zone is really the only way you're going to grow. And yeah. I would just, I would just, you know, challenge yourself, challenge yourself, be courageous and just try it. Yeah. I want to, I want to suggest, I want, and I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. <clears throat> I want to suggest that you're, yes, uh, you, you were courageous in that moment and you were just willing to take the leap, but it seems as if maybe you just had a certain level of confidence in you, not necessarily in the situation or in the business, but that you were just like, you know what? I'll figure it out. And worst case scenario, you even gave yourself, well, me figuring it out in the worst case scenario is that I have skills and I'm confident in those and I would just go work for somebody else and, you know, it is what it is. For me, that 
here, I'm hearing your like kind of rational or logical decision making being tied to your confidence, either a in your skill set or in you. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. I, I would say I always land on my feet. So yeah. <laughs> yes. That I would say you are correct. I, well, it makes I, it makes it you know, like when you're deciding, like how risky is this? But you're like, well, if if I know I'm going to land on my feet, it's not that you don't look at it close enough, but you just you know I'm going to land on my feet. Let's just figure it out, right? Correct. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> is your business was your business partner like this also, or or was it a little bit of yin and yang? No, no. She I would say she's even, she was even more confident than I was. Uh, I was the introvert of the partnership. Um, she was the extrovert. So, uh, she, yeah, she she just exuded confidence. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so um, I'm sure I'm sure some of that played into it as well. Your confidence towards her and her confidence towards you. It's funny, too, because and, and I don't know, maybe maybe share here, but sometimes the extroverted, you know, uh, show hosts. I mean, not me. Sorry. Um, uh, your, your partner. That's what I mean. <laughs> Sometimes those of us who appear to be really confident and extroverted really are just needing a little bit of validation from somebody who we believe to be really smart or, you know, good at what they do. And so I don't know, would you think like in that moment, her asking you, like you being interested was like her saying, okay, like this is a good idea. She wants to be with me. I feel stronger with her being with me. Do you think that? I think that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, like she definitely like got energy from other people. Um, and you know, I think that validation was part of it. Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, give me something super practical inside of that business or inside of the business that you're running now, either one. Um, I want to know if it's just a really good decision that you've made that's led to a lot of your success that you can share. Well, I think, um, I kind of touched on a, a little while ago about, you know, my decision to leave kind of a cushy government job, um, you know, that I, I could still be there, you know, 20 years. I, I could have stayed there my entire career and been perfectly fine, safe, you know, kind of recession proof. You're working for the U.S. government. Um, and I probably would have, you know, moved up the ladder a little bit here and there. Um, yeah. But, you know, I... I think it's important for, you know, if an opportunity presents itself or you're not feeling a purpose anymore to, you know, look for, look for something where you're going to have impact. And, and if I hadn't left that job and gotten the job that I did, I probably would not have been an entrepreneur and running a business. I, you know, I probably would have never have taken that leap quite honestly. Um, so, you know, making that change, like, you know, being courageous and kind of stepping outside of my comfort zone, leaving something safe and, and stable um, has really propelled me to where I am today, you know, to now running another company as a CEO, um, you know, getting to, you know, start my own business, um, having a successful run at that, um, you know, kind of leaving on my own when, I, when the time was right um, to where I am now, you know, all those things occurred because I, you know, got out of my comfort zone, left the kind of a stable environment and yeah. you know, here I am today. Yeah. And obviously there's, there's different people listening here, entrepreneurs, um, <clears throat> you know, maybe even team members, you know, I have a lot of salespeople that listen to the call I and mean, maybe even some of your team members listening, but the, the reality here is that you're saying to find purpose, like get out of your comfort zone to find what's fulfilling for some, it'll be entrepreneurship for some, it's a different department for some it's a different company because the one that they're in right now isn't fulfilling them purpose-wise is that am i am i on the right track with you for the listener here yes yep yeah i 
Yeah, I could. I you said it, you said it great. Um, I think you know purpose and meaning. I mean, we spend so much of our time at work, so yeah. you want to make it purposeful. Yeah, absolutely. What about a bad decision? Let's flip the coin. I want to hear of. Uh, I mean, you're pretty calculated. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about something that was not your greatest hour. Oh, I I can give you uh, many many examples. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I think if you're an entrepreneur, you you've you've made lots of mistakes. Um, yeah. You know, I. <laughs> I can think of uh, one very, very early um, in in our company that I started. You know, you're young and you're in your company. You're looking for work, obviously. Um, government contracting can be uh, mind-boggling and, and frustrating. It, it happens very slowly too. So we had an opportunity to partner with another company, um, and in it was you know it all seemed so good, and uh, we didn't really vet that company quite honestly, uh, and it came back to bite us later. So we, you know, we get into a partnership with this company, we win a contract, everything is great, it's a year in. Um, and the government typically does, you know, five-year contracts, um, a, a base year, and then they exercise options after that. So government exercise option, all right, we're in. And I'm, I'm getting ghosted by the owner of this other company, who is the prime contractor, we're a subcontractor. So I'm calling, I'm emailing, I'm texting, zero response. Wow. And I have five employees. At that time, it was like half of our company uh, working yeah. on this contract. And yeah. so, I mean, the end of it is basically they they took our positions and booted us off the contract. And we had like zero recourse. I mean, I we found out later that this company was very litigious. They'd actually, the owner had sued her own employees on several occasions. Oh. Um, you know, and, and, our, and our law firm was like, you know, you really don't have any... Um, you know, any chance of winning and this going to, you know, cost you a lot of time and money. And so I had to lay off five people right before the holidays. Wow. Um, and that was devastating. I mean, I, I remember this is like 15 years ago and I remember it to this day, um, how impactful that was on, you know, on, on us. And so, you know, going forward, uh, we were a lot more, uh, you know, trust, but verify approach to, uh, getting to, you know, partnerships with other companies. And, you know, that was just a hard lesson learned, but it was, it, luckily it happened early. So, you know, going forward, there's, you know, a lot more vetting going on. Yeah. Hey, Kings and Queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. Uh, well, and those a lot of those mistakes <clears throat> do happen early, like you're saying, because we don't know any different. Um, right. and, and so we cross the, the path and that happens. And then we either learn from it and it doesn't happen again, <laughs> or we don't learn from it and, it and it basically just destroys us eventually. But okay, yeah. so for you, there's a little bit of a vetting process, probably some legal, some contracts you know, that, yeah. that you just do better. Um, what did you learn from a people perspective? Like, you know, the layoff people you had, you were dealing with this person that you obviously thought was trustworthy, but then wasn't like, I mean, you've led a lot of people now. 
what did you learn about people through that whole circumstance? Well, I mean, I like to think that most people are, are good, you know, at their core. Um, but sure. again, you know, that trust, but verify. And, um, you know, one thing that I've sort of, as I've, you know, gotten older and, and been in this business for a while, you know, a lot of it is like your gut, like kind of trust your gut, you know, back in that situation, I did have a little bit of hesitation, but you know, we were eager and, you know, we needed to work. Right. So you just sort of like jump in and, and like that didn't work out. So, you know, a gut check is always a good thing. Um, but also like doing some due diligence, uh, you know, I think for the most part, you know, people are, you know, good. And I've had so many amazing, you know, employees and partners, uh, throughout the years. Um, but you know, every now and then you have a bad apple and you just have to be on the lookout for them and, and, you know, hopefully you recognize it sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that you're spot on with that. What are some of those maybe telltales, you know, those little, those little red flags along the way that spike your interest now before it gets there that you're like, eh, I don't know about this. What are those things that you're paying attention to? You know, well, one of the things with usually people like in leadership roles or, <clears throat> excuse me, or, you know, upper management, you know, if they're not humble, that's usually a, a sign yeah. for me <clears throat> if they have kind of a ego <laughs> yeah um a big ego that's a sign for me you know those are those are two very big telltale signs for me um how, how does that come as, across in a conversation or in a zoom meeting like how do you you're like oh that person's you know arrogant or uh you know how, how do you how does that how do you in, like uh, translate that uh, you know obviously being very boastful um you know and in, in, in this industry it's all about, you know, what your team does. Like I am not on a client site delivering a software package. You know, sure, I have exactly. no idea. I, mean, I can, I can probably describe it to you, but I can never actually do that work. And so when you have, you know, a, a you know, someone that's running a team or an executive talk about I, 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 I all the time, or they don't really know anything about their people, you know, that's, that's telling, you know, you can ask me, um, you know, I have a hundred folks. I can probably tell you something, a little something about each one of them. Um, and I, I think that's important, especially when you're a small business. So, you know, it's that whole mentality of it's all about me. Um, and when I talk, I try to talk about my team and, and what we've done um, and try to be inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's just <clears throat> a, a maturity at some point if because we all start there with the with the I, the me, it's it's just natural. But I think for the ones that what you're saying that we're looking out for, it's not that they've not grown out of it. They're just, a, they're just um, you know, on the other side of the track, uh, a little bit maybe more uh, malicious about it. And, and that's a telltale. You're 100% right. Um, it could also be a telltale for someone who just hasn't matured enough. And they're not necessarily evil perspective, but uh, right. per se. Um, but <clears throat> I think that those are great things. What about, cause you, cause you've raised up so many people in these different organizations for the person that I'm kind of describing right now, who has some of those arrogant, maybe prideful, boastful about me, me, me stuff, but they're just, they just haven't matured. And, and how, how are you, how do you, how have you helped them mature? How have you walked them through? Have you seen them come through it to the other side and, and become a great leader? Hmm. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody that I know that may have, you know, gone through this, but, um, sure. I, you know, I, I think one of the things I, I tell people is, you know, listening is a skill. So, you know, listen more than you talk, be yeah. an active listener, I think is important, you know, to hear people, to hear what they're saying. I think that's 
helpful, uh, you know, to kind of grow and mature um, and, and think more about the we than the I. Um, yeah. You know, I, I you know, <clears throat> I um, I'm trying to, I, I can't think of anybody I know off the top of my head that I've, I've seen kind of transition that way, but I'm, I'm sure. sure there is somebody. Well, let me, let me do some active <laughs> listening here um, and ask you, what does active listening look like for you? Um, because you're right. Someone might be hearing you speak right now, but they're not listening. Or maybe it's the reverse. They're listening, but they're not hearing. I don't know. <laughs> they're not getting it. Right. Well, so, so first of all, you, talk, you don't talk, right? You're listening. So you're sitting back. And so I say, you know, Chaz, tell me how things are going today or, you know, what's going on at work? What's new with you? You tell me. And then I repeat. So what I'm hearing you say is, X, Y, and Z to make sure that I actually heard what you were saying. Um, I think kind of like repeating, rephr rephrasing what you heard to that person to sure. ensure that you actually are getting the message of what they're saying to you. You know, when I meet with my um, team, I try to do like one-on-ones and, you know, how are things going? What's going on with you? And they'll, you know, tell me. And, I'll, and so I'll say, oh, do you need help with what, you know, what you just told me about? Do you need help with X? Uh, how about Y? And I think like I said, sort of, you know, repeating, rephrasing what you heard to make yeah. sure that you're actually hearing what they're saying is really important. Yeah. You gave some really, really, um, good practicals there. The one thing that I heard you say that you didn't say with your words was that you cared, you know, be, because you're sitting in that meeting with a person, you as a human saw another human and yeah, there's work to be done. And we're talking about the project and, you know, X, Y, Z, but you also said, how are things going? Do you need help? Um, a leader that is paying attention or that isn't all about me, me, me is constantly focused on those that are around them, like you're talking about. And <clears throat> Carla's giving you guys, as far as listeners, some really, really practicals here. But inside that meeting, if Carla didn't care, even if she was asking those questions, it would come across as disingenuous. And we all know what that feels like. We all know what that feels like, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really important fact is like, I do care and I do want to know. And I, you know, I try to start every meeting with, you know, how are things going? Tell me about your weekend or, you know, cause I want to know I'm interested. You know, I want to know the people that I'm spending a good portion of my day with. Yeah. Yeah. There's a difference. We've all been in the meeting where you talk about the quote unquote weekend or whatever, because it's, it's the corporate thing as opposed right. to like, I know your family. Right. Um, I, I know right. the name of your husband or your wife or your children. And when you tell me that you guys went to a water park this weekend, I can envision you with, you know, your husband and your kids, you know, going to the water park. So it's real is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how, how, how does that look different in an organization of a hundred Versus when you first got started and it was just you and your partner and maybe one or two people that you brought on. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's entirely different. I mean, you know, back in the early days of, of that company that I, that I co-founded, basically every person that worked for us was somebody that we had worked with before or that we personally knew was a friend. Um, and it wasn't until we got to about 20 where they were no longer like our inner circle people. Sure. <laughs> um, so, you know, as you expand, um, you have less and less you know, personal connection with those, with, you know, with the employees that you're bringing on. And so it's not as personal, but, but, you know, you try to have a connection with somebody, like you said, you know, I know that you're a boating guy. So, you know, I'm, and I, I love boats, so we're going to chat about boats. 
Um, because I, I do want to make a connection and I want it to feel genuine. I don't want it to be yeah. like a forced corporate spiel, right? Um, right. But yeah. it is it is harder, obviously, as you know, the the numbers grow. Um, you know, and especially like we are a remote company. All of you know, all of our employees are in different places on different client sites. So you know, trying to bring people together, um, you know, to do some you know some uh, events uh, where they can bring their families and you know just try to get to know people. But it is it is it is a challenge. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. A um, lot of lot of lot of layers there um, that maybe an, an office would would solve, but you can't because you're in different locations. I love, in fact, I love the remote piece. Um, I think that we're just, I mean, technology just allows for that. So, um, I want to transition here a little bit. Um, I want you to tell me of just a business resource that you've used over the course of years. Maybe it's a book, maybe it's, you know, a podcast that you like to listen to, or just some sort of a event that you've been to something that you've invested into that's given you great feedback that we could go download or buy or uh, attend. Well, I'm an avid reader. That's one of my favorite things to do. I, I read a ton. Um, I usually have two or three books going at a time. So usually like one for fun and then, you know, a couple of business books. So, um, okay. Okay. Uh, and I listen to webinars too, but I think, uh, I think one of the books that really I would recommend is, um, start with why by Simon Sinek. Yeah. Great book. Uh, that, you know, that book to me, you know, we talked a lot about purpose today. So, I mean, I think that book kind of lays out like, you know, what is your why? Why are you here? You know, why are you showing up every day and get out of bed? Um, so I, I think that's sort of like a foundational book that I've read that really, I think, you know, across any industry um, would be useful for, for folks. And he also has a great podcast too, but um, you know, that one, and I go back to uh, way, way back in the day. Um, one of the first business books I ever read was uh, um, uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins. And, and oh, yeah. I think that's a you know, I think that's a classic. I think it's withstand the it test is. of time. So um, I, I, I'm a big fan of reading. So I encourage, you know, all my folks to read. Um, just be curious and, and read. <laughs> yeah, that last little uh, be curious. I mean, that's that's the ticket, right? It doesn't I mean, I like to read also, but I like to listen. And, and of course, we we produce podcasts with highly successful people like you. So and I've been to many of events um, and we host events. And so it's like, you just have to be hungry, really, I think is what um, we can both agree on. Yeah. What about, you know, yeah. I, I want to go back to the family dynamic here because, um, like I said, your husband was on the show a couple months ago and yeah. and uh, great coffee business. And uh, the the dynamic between not just an one entrepreneur in the home, but two um, is is heavy. And so my question to you is specifically around what might be considered work-life balance in this regular world. Um, I don't like the word balance at all. In fact, I don't even agree with it. I think obsession is a better word. And so if we were to say work-life obsession, we obsess over our business, we obsess over our people, we obsess over our family, our marriage, you know, fill in the blank. And right. it, I find when, when I'm not obsessing of whatever that area is, it's not that I'm, I need to take away from the other thing and balance it. I just need to obsess about the thing that I say that's important to me. So for you, especially having a super high-performing husband as well, what does that look like? What does work-life obsession look like for you guys? How do you do it? Well, I would say work-life integration. Um, there you go. So, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, obviously, you know, we're both running businesses. We're both busy. Um, but, you know, the, the fun thing is having someone at home that I can, you know, bounce ideas off of or talk to about, like, having, you know, because, I mean, being a CEO can be lonely. Um, yeah. so actually having, you get to go you home know, to your own uh, mastermind. 
<laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's been helpful for both of us, you know, to bounce okay. ideas off or, you know, have something to vent to because you can't really vent to your employees. Right. So um, sure. it's been, you know, it, it's, it's wonderful. Um, and like I said, there's an integration aspect. So, you know, we do events, you know, he's in the, in the coffee industry. So, you know, there's food and beverage events. Um, I'm lucky I get to attend um, and, you know, and, and, you know, they're for work, but they're also, you know, you're having fun too, right? Because you're yeah. drinking some great coffee and you're meeting interesting people. Um, right. I get to go to Costa Rica to a coffee farm with him. So it's, you know, it's, I think it's about, you know, understanding that, you know, they are going to be intertwined. Um, there is no such thing as, you know, work-life balance. I agree with you. Um, and, you know, and, and I think we're both really good about knowing like, okay, I'm getting burnt out. I need to take a break. Like, let's go for a hike. You know, we're, yep. we're big hikers. So that's kind of our, you know, our little escape and, and brain break. Um, but, you know, I'm, I feel very fortunate, like I said, that I have, you know, Craig to talk to because um, it's great having your own mastermind at home. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and, when he was making the jump and I'm, I'm sure he talked about like going from a very large corporation like ExxonMobil to a family owned business. Right. I like to think I was pretty helpful to him because, you know, he had never been in small business before. And I was like, it is another, it is another world. world. You have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially from such a large company like Exxon. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, he's, he's been great and vice versa is like, you know, he knows a lot about process and procedures, which, you know, is, is helpful along the way because, you know, sometimes when you're you're in a business and you're just kind of doing things by the seat of your pants, you're like, you should think about doing this, this, and I'm like, oh yes, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to that risk adverse thing, like, uh, you know, hmm, maybe I should uh, have some yeah. steps here. Um, yeah. that's really really good. I appreciate the perspective there of you guys and the dynamic. What <clears throat> what do you think from like a like a marriage specifically? Like you guys, you talked about integration of life, but just the marriage and the honoring of two people. Obviously you're different people, but you're both entrepreneurs, you know, both CEOs, you're both, you know, high performers, high achievers. The one thing, and I'll say this and I'll let you answer, but when he was on the show, he just had so much admiration and honor for you. He, the way that he talked about you was like that you were on top of the world and that he ran this company and that you were actually really the stud that needed to be on the show. And, um, I just, I, I remember that. Like it was like, I was just on the phone with him. So uh, talk about that. Talk about maybe what being high performers inside of the marriage has looked like. Well, first of all, he's my biggest fan. So I, I'm so honored to, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, to be with him. Um, and, you know, and, and I, we talked about humbleness, like that's why he's such a great leader. Cause he is very humble because he is an amazing leader. as you probably know from the show, um, but he, he talks about everybody else except for himself. Um, he is, you know, the fact that he just jumped into coffee, didn't know the industry. And, you know, five years later, he's, he's a walking, talking coffee expert. People that meet him are like, think that he's been in the business for 20 plus years, you know? Right. And so he, we need to, he needs to toot his own horn, but I'll do it for him. So, um, that's right. That's uh, right. but you know, we, we're, we're newlyweds. I, we've been married for a little over seven years now. So I, you know, we're, we're kind of newlyweds and, um, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't, I don't think he showed this with you in the show, but one of the reasons, there are several reasons, but one of the reasons for me um, asking my business partner back in 2016 to, uh, you know, buy my shares of the company was to run off and get married. Um, you know, it was sort of like the next stage in my life. Um, I, you know, I met Craig and he was the guy that I never thought existed. And, yeah. you know, I was like, 
here's a here's a person I want to grow old with. Like I didn't think that person existed. And you know, and I have this very successful company, but you know, maybe it's time for the next step and next stage of my life. And so, yeah. you know, that's that's how that all went down is, you know, I, I, uh, I left my company and Craig and I went off and got married. <laughs> um, and so it's, it was, uh, the best decision I've made in my life. I can tell you that right now. Um, and you know, I think, I think both of us are very driven and determined people, but we're, you know, but I think thankfully we both have a lot of good, you know, we have a lot of the same hobbies. Like I just mentioned, we love hiking, sure. we love to bike, we love to be outdoors. So you know, even though we're high performers, we are able to kind of step back and, you know, like life, you know, we're not going to be on our deathbed and said, I should have worked one more day. You know, you have to enjoy, you know, every day. Um, and that's what we do. So, um, yeah. And it sounds like you enjoy each other. Is that, is do. that part of the yeah, equation? Uh, yes, for sure. Yeah. I, I think, you know, like there's, I mean, especially with, you know, COVID has, has been super stressful running businesses, um, especially, you know, in, in the coffee and food business. Um, so yeah, if we didn't, if we didn't enjoy each other there, you know, I don't know if we'd still be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I, I have one last question here for you, Carla. You've given us some amazing insights. Uh, thank you for that little, uh, personal peel back there with Craig. I think that again, that you guys are just really honoring with each other and, uh, I wanted to point that out to the listeners. My last question here for you is if you had the opportunity to go back in time and whisper to the younger Carla, what would you tell her? <laughs> oh, there's so many things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, one thing I would, I, would, I would whisper in my ear is join the Air Force at high school. So I was one of those sort of rebellious teenagers who, you know, thought I knew everything and um, I didn't go to college and I didn't go in the service. I goofed around for many years. And then, you know, I luckily one day woke up and said, what am I doing? And I went to the Air Force recruiter and said, sign me up. Um, but if I could go back in time, I would I should have went right after high school. That would have been the best thing for me. Um, yeah. You know, it, luckily it all worked out, but there was probably a few years there of, you know, I didn't need to go through. <laughs> so yeah. I would, I would like to go back and tell my younger There's some bad decisions uh, in there. <laughs> yeah, don't be so stubborn and just go to, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, that message is clear. Um, getting starting earlier, don't be so stubborn. I think that you've you've dropped several really powerful things that that even you know uh, we can take away, um, because we have these same moments even now. Like whether it's the next business or you taking you know an opportunity to be CEO or Craig taking the opportunity to be you know in in a brand new industry. Like we have these moments where we're, we we can look back and to your point go. Mm, I should do this or I shouldn't wait or I shouldn't, you know, fill in the blank. So I appreciate that. How can the listener, um, how can the listener find you as an individual? If they want to reach out to you as an entrepreneur, just pick your brain, get to know you or, um, your company, give us clear directions on, uh, if we, if, if we listening today have some sort of a contract, uh, that needs your help or some sort of connection in the government, uh, how can we get them to you? Sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Carla James. Uh, that's the best way to contact me. And then the company is uh, Solidus Technical Solutions. So you can email me at Carla with a C at solidus-ts.com or you can visit our website, which is solidus-ts.com. And I would uh, be happy to connect with anybody, whether it's, you know, on a just a networking level or, you know, you have some uh, engineering needs. 
Yeah, love that. Um, you've been incredible. You you have a track record that speaks for itself, but I'm so glad I got to hear the story behind it all. And uh, and for the listener, um, you know, you guys got plenty. So I hope that uh, you were taking some notes. And Carla, thank you for being here. Blessings to you, your family, your team, uh, amazing people that are doing amazing things. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.